The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today on The Lab Report, Shay Leonard. Yeah, we're going to talk about a functional approach to mood disorders. Let's talk nutrients to feed your brain. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. You like those magic eye books? I don't know what those are. It's where you stare at an image and like a oh, three, yeah. 3D oh, thing yeah, pops like out. Uh-huh. Is that just for kids or can adults like you those? You can things? do it. Okay. Hello. Hey, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you? I'm crushing it today. Living my best life. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. <laughs> Thanks. Hope everyone's crushing it. Hope everyone's having an awesome day. This is a podcast called The Lab Report brought to you by Genova Diagnostics, where we talk about things like functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and functional approaches to psychiatry. And apparently magic iBooks. So if yeah. you like magic iBooks Even and as an this adult. show, you can go to iTunes or Spotify and maybe subscribe to the show. Leave us some stars, rate, review, share it with your friends, leave us some feedback there. If you have additional feedback, like why aren't they making more magic iBooks? Yeah. You can send that to podcast.gdx.net. Might not be relevant, but we'll still read we'll it anyway. Read it. Yeah. We love them. Well, we're going to have a fun time today because we're going to hit a topic that we have not yet hit, which is mood disorders. I love when we get into the brain, yeah. psychology, psychiatry. I love that stuff too. Getting into how to rewire this because, man, when you think about it, think about decision-making, lifestyle choices, mm-hmm. how important it is to have a brain that functions. And I can relate to having a brain that, you know, kind of... <laughs> kind of function. Well, the good news is that there is a true functional approach and nutrients are important and food and lifestyle. So we're going to talk about some of that approach with Shay Leonard today. What food makes you the happiest, Patty? Chocolate chip cookies. See, that's good. Is it? I mean, I it makes you that, happy. But it doesn't increase the production of neurotransmitters. You get some dopamine in there. True. Right? True. But, but then maybe you get in a cycle where when you don't have the chocolate chip cookies, uh, your dopamine plummets. Out. That's right. So really, you think, all right, what are the other lifestyle things? What do you think is the most important as it relates to mood? Uh, like I meditation mean, or exercise or food? What do you think is the, the one that helps you the most? They're all they're all entangled. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't exercise, then it has a, a major impact on mood. But then if you've got things going on in mood that might be based in poor nutrition or stress and poor cognition, then that makes you not want to exercise. So it's it's all entangled. It's hard. It is. And, you know, we had an interesting email come through from the stock in Harvard. Shout out to Jeff, who asked a question about leaky brain and leaky gut and the connection. And it's just fascinating, just the thought of these things all being interconnected. What food makes you the unhappiest? Hmm. Candy corn. Uh, okay. Just the thought of candy corn makes I, me very unhappy. That's funny. I feel that way about cream corn. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about corn recently. <laughs> we have. Is, is it a, is a vegetable? Is right. it fruit? Is a seed? I wonder if it's because, fruit. like, subconsciously, my Midwestern upbringing, perhaps, so much of my life revolves mm, around the corn crop. That's but that could be perhaps true. But I think maybe if we want to solve all of these things around corn and mood, we should probably talk to Shay Leonard. This is her specialty. Her specialty is corn and mood. 
No, she's a fun- she works in functional medicine and she has an interest in psychiatry. I was going to say, that's real niche. <laughs> and if we talk so much about corn, why didn't we get her sooner? <laughs> Regardless, Shay Leonard's awesome. Oh, yeah. If you follow her on Instagram, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, she's got an amazing Instagram presence. She's so knowledgeable. She helps so many people mm. get to the root of their underlying mood disorders, their psychiatry, based on functional medicine principles of nutrition, mm-hmm. exercise, you know, all those modifiable lifestyle factors. So um, it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Let's Looking call forward her. to it. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. Michael Shay Leonard is here. What? I know. I know. Okay. She got. She's here. I'm excited. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Shay. Shay Leonard is a certified physician assistant practicing functional medicine health coaching as a mental health, hormone, and gut health expert. Shay was first introduced to functional medicine at a young age by her mentor and aunt, Dr. Cynthia Kaur, while struggling with a variety of health concerns at the age of 16. After seeing countless specialists and a myriad of prescription medications that led to side effects and worsening symptoms, at the age of 17, she began to advocate and research for herself. This led her to pursue medicine as a career to help those with a similar story. Years later, her friend and another mentor, a functional medicine specialist and pharmacist, ran specialized testing and found various root causes of the symptoms she was experiencing. Personalized protocols for hormone and gut reset quickly led Shay to being free of brain fog, having increased energy for exercising daily, an ability to sleep through the night, and improved gut health. She has been forever changed by this experience and knew she needed to use this knowledge to help others. Shay began practicing psychiatry, working to optimize genetics and improve mental health resiliency using meditation, amino acid and nutrition therapy, sleep hygiene, and exercise. And with that, welcome to the show, Thank Shay. you for being here. Thank you, guys. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, many clinicians kind of arrive at functional medicine through their own health journey, and it kind of sounds like this was a similar path for you as well. Um, And so, you know, what is it particularly, I guess, I'm wondering, what what drew you to psychiatry as that particular focus? Yeah, so interesting. I have never thought that I would pursue psychiatry uh, you know, I always obviously knew I wanted to practice medicine and, and having um, an aunt who's a physician. Since I was little, I knew that's what I, what I wanted to do. Ultimately, my health crisis led me to functional medicine, but it was just happen chance that I ended up in psychiatry. I had been practicing in immunology and allergy previous right out of uh, PA school and uh, really my health was deteriorating and I felt really horrible. I was seeing 35 patients a day and really just sick and miserable. Mm -hmm. It was mostly a pediatric practice. And so I was sick all the time (laughs) and really exhausted. And and to be honest, this was not the best version of myself uh, for, you know, my family or my, my uh, patients. And so I ended up looking for something that had a little bit more autonomy, a little more laid back, something I wouldn't be exposed to a lot of viruses. <laughs> and that's actually how I ended up in psychiatry. So uh, it was a big change. I'm like, okay, this, we don't do physical exams. And, uh, you know, I'm not up in their business. They're not coming to me when they have the flu. And really my health started improving pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But that's honestly how I ended up in psychiatry. And then fell in love and became super passionate about mental health. Mm-hmm. I personally went through, you know, a lot of anxiety and depression things going through my own health crisis and, and didn't really know, you know, how much I would um, adore my clients. And I, and I stayed in that uh, practice for nearly five years and, and loved every, every single 
part of it. Awesome. Awesome. So mood disorders are very common. And in the conventional space, many patients go right to prescriptive medications. And we've discussed the gut-brain axis on this show in the past. But what's been your experience as it relates to the GI tract and mood? Oh, it's so important. And, and to have such a different outlook, practicing in more of a conventional medicine type setting in psychiatry, saw a lot of the, the bad aspect of, you know, unhelpful things, a lot of side effects, really not addressing root causes, just lots of prescriptions. And I was blessed and fortunate enough to work with a psychiatrist who was very open to functional medicine, um, was very open to doing um, functional medicine testing. And he actually taught me how to do genetic testing. We started doing it in our practice through insurance. We were getting it covered through insurance and, and all of our clients, uh, all of our patients went through testing and uh, really started looking at nutrients. And it was really just kind of touching the surface. I wanted more and that's mm-hmm. where I started diving in deeper, but I was in a practice that was integrative. We were very open to that. And we quickly figured out that Number one, it's not always a serotonin issue. If anything, it's rarely that. And we need to talk about gut health. I can't even count how many of my clients came in and they were, or my patients, and they were like, why are you asking me this? I'm like, what? Tell me about your menstrual cycle. Are you pooping every day? Are you pooping too much? And they're like, why are you asking me this? I've seen five psychiatrists that never told me that. And um, a lot of them, you know, I'm so blessed to meet hundreds of people through that. And we're able to heal from these things and get off prescription medications and given hope again and seeing triage and stabilization using prescriptions. I've seen that and I've seen it save lives, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more that we can do to dive in deeper to the root cause and really work on healing long-term. And that's where I was able to focus a lot of my time and see that gut health and um, nutrient deficiencies, getting people, um, the nutrients that they need, the vitamins that they need, looking at optimizing their genetics through epigenetics, all of that made way more sense and was way more productive and helpful than any prescription SSRI or prescription medication that I ever, ever even prescribed myself. Um, That was really what made the, made the changes for these patients. Yeah. I wonder, do you ever run into friction when you're either consulting and referrals or things like that from other psychiatrists or other conventional medical doctors with respect to kind of your overall approach and your approach to to medication use? You know, I, when I was practicing in a, in more of a conventional psychiatry practice, it where I'm, I live in a pretty small town, so there's not a ton of psychiatrists. We were getting a lot of people coming to us though, Mm -hmm. saying, um, we feel heard and listened to, and you guys are asking more questions than here's a prescription. I know it sucks if there's side effects, good luck. You're going to be on it forever. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, everyone's like that, but unfortunately I saw that often. So to be honest, no, we had overwhelming positive uh, information. I had so many primary care doctors and therapists and different people referring to us and still referring. I'm no longer practicing in that conventional setting. Um, I'm doing on, online health coaching only right now, but um, had so much positive affirmation. And when I decided to leave and pursue my coaching, it was hard. And I, you know, a lot of my friends <laughs> that I had made in the community that were other providers and yeah. OBGYNs and practitioners, uh, it was hard. And so, yeah. uh, so actually I had a lot of positive feedback. That's great. I mean, because I think about how many people come to, you know, a psychiatrist to really get to the root cause and they're, they're just really trying to heal. And so often they're not getting even that 
that ability to tell their story. So it's really great that you're, you found that and you're asking so many questions. Um, you mentioned a second, uh, the importance of nutrition and overall health. How do you use nutrition to optimize mental health? Like, are there certain nutrients that you find that are more beneficial or other deficiencies that you're more concerned about as it relates to mental health? Totally. Yes. And I always, there's so many, so many different things, but my first one is always amino acids. You know, we only store amino acids for one to two days. And when we're not taking in enough adequate protein, whether it be plant-based or not, when we're not taking in adequate protein, we can't make neurotransmitters. We can't function like we need to. And I for sure found most of my patients and clients currently that are struggling with a lot of depression, anxiety, and mood imbalances, they don't take in nearly enough protein day to day. I have seen over and over and over clients and patients coming in with suicidal ideations and things like that. And how simple having them, I had protein shakes in the office. <laughs> um, I would have them chug one and 20 minutes later, they can think, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't feel as foggy. And so amino acids, I'm super passionate about getting, you know, 85 milligrams of protein uh, daily, especially when we're going through some mood things, just to really make sure we're, we're getting the building blocks that we need to. And of course, in functional medicine, you have to be able to absorb that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we go into all sorts of testing with stomach acid and everything else. The baseline amino acids I love, of course, B vitamins, especially if we're prone to some genetic variants um, associated with methylation, MTHFR, MTHFD1, folate receptors, all of those type of things. And how we process catecholamines is super important and making sure we have adequate uh, minerals and um, the ability to process them. You know, I'm really passionate. We're going to talk about genetics, um, I believe, later on, but um, optimizing that's very, very helpful through nutrition. B vitamins, uh, amino acids, and omegas. That would be my my three big ones that yeah. I try to focus on. Great. Nice. Great. Nice. Great. Well, speaking of that, do you just go by a patient's food diary or do you use functional medicine testing in your practice? Do you use any Genova tests, for example? Yeah, so I do food sensitivity testing. Um, I do have a background in allergy and immunology as well. And so I do encourage them if they have obviously more of an um, anaphylactic type reaction to go you know, do testing. But oftentimes when I see imbalances with um, gut, especially leaky brain mental health issues, it's almost always a food sensitivity um, related thing. And so IgG testing or lymphocyte testing is very helpful for us to... Um, really help them optimize their nutrition. And then of course, based on amino acids and B vitamins, using something like a Nutri-Eval from Genova is extremely helpful for me to look at their neurotransmitter metabolites, figure out what deficiencies they have. And of course, add supplemental vitamins if we need to, but also we can get a lot of these things from food and really encourage them, encouraging them to increase the foods um, needed for those specific nutrient deficiencies. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> you're talking about genetics and it sounds like you've got a, a, you're very well studied in genetics from just what I <laughs> heard a minute ago. <laughs> you have a keen interest in yeah. genetics and tr- how they relate to treatment protocols and root causes of mood disorders. So how do you tie in genetics into your practice, I guess? I love genetics and I was first trained from a functional medicine. Like my first experience in functional medicine was through genetics And I've actually dove in so much deeper and have such a better understanding now. When I was first exposed to genetics, it was very much, and this was several years ago, 
this is what you have. This explains why you may be feeling this way. And hope that gives you some validation, right? It was kind of just like, okay. And sometimes the the patients responded, well, like, oh, I'm glad, you know, I physically have something on, but I, it never sat well with me. I didn't find it super productive. Was I interested in it from a geeky science point? 100%. (laughs) It wasn't until I started figuring out that epigenetics is really what matters Mm -hmm. and how we alter expression of those genes is really the important part. So I use the combination of both. I do genetic testing. So it's very helpful for me to understand different areas that we might want to optimize or improve. But I make it extremely clear that epigenetics and the choices, what we maximize, minimize, prioritize, how we how we alter the expression is really what matters. And that gives people power back. And that's the most important. I think the strict genetic testing, you have this it's going to be a struggle forever. Like MTHFR, for example, um, you know, that's like one piece of the puzzle. And, and it had been a common thing of, you know, it's a depression gene, right? Mm. Oh, gosh, well, there's so many things we can do for that. We can basically turn it off, right. you know, in a sense. And so um, I don't, I didn't like that. Um, oh, I have this gene. So therefore I'm going to have this forever. So I really looked for a different way to use genetics. And now I use it beautifully with epigenetics. And um, for instance, anxiety, I have a lot of people who struggled with anxiety and, and oftentimes it's an inability to process catecholamines properly and um, through uh, catecholamethyltransferase, the enzyme that breaks them down. So oftentimes I have people, you know, complaining of, I have a very physical reaction to stress or caffeine and, and these different things. And when I, when I look at their genetics and find out they're a poor metabolizer, it makes perfect sense. And I'm able to explain that to them and the, and then teach them different ways to optimize that so that they can process adrenaline more efficiently and it not build up and cause panic attacks or sleep issues or chronic stress. And um, so that's an example of the way that I would use use genetic testing. Yeah. I love that. And we say that all the time here, mm-hmm. that your genes are not your destiny, right? And the epigenetics yeah. is the key. Knowing that you have a predisposition is helpful, but there's a lot you can do to optimize that. And as you described, you know, the epigenetic piece of this, we often think about other modifiable lifestyle factors, right? So let's talk a little bit about the HPA axis and stress and sleep. Do you see these as crucial for not only your mental health patients, but all of your patients and why? Yes, it constantly comes back to this axis. You know, I I have a whole workbook. I'm very organized when I go through my program with my clients. And, and I really explain to them, especially when I'm doing hormone testing, that it all comes back down to this axis. And, and a lot of the root cause can be found here. Yes, there's tons of different dynamics at play. Specifically in mental health, I'm seeing a very huge correlation. And now, of course, it could be a GABA and glutamate imbalance. It could be, you know, some uh, genetic type associations. It can be um, gut health. It can be thyroid issues or low progesterone and estrogen uh, dominance. It's almost always all of it. (laughs) You know, it always kind of comes back to all of these different things. And so nourishing this axis, really improving um, resiliency in the axis to handle stressors um, is so important. We're going to have stress. We're going to have ups and downs, not just physical, but emotional stress. The key is resiliency to these things, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And that's really what it's about. Of course, we can use adaptogenic herbs and vitamins and mindset and meditation and exercise and so many beautiful things to really help nourish this, um, this access. And it's 
vital for, for mental health. I have a follow-up on that because it's, I, I feel like there's always this little catch because we talk about how important nutrition is. We talk about how important stress management, HPA access is in overall mental health. But then it also seems like the mental health makes people less willing or able to do the meditation practices and the nutritional changes and stuff like that. So it's sort of like chicken and the egg. Mm -hmm. And so how do you start to, how do you try to break that cycle? If that makes any sense. Totally one step at a time. And I always start with mindset always. So anytime I start with any of my clients, whether they're coming to me for mental health or not, we focus several weeks in depth one-on-one on mindset, the power of placebo, trusting in your body, really giving you back power. And then that always kind of primes us into this ability to start making these changes. Once you start visualizing that for yourself, you start figuring out that there is trust and hope in your body's healing process, trust in me and our relationship together and feeling like a partnership and not a dictatorship, Mm -hmm. very important in, in really initiating that motivation per se. But also I always tell people, you know, sometimes it is as simple as we just got to get protein so you can think, so you have more energy to do this, Mm -hmm. right? Or omegas or or different things. So oftentimes that's the rapid relief is what I call it. I, you know, do something like rapid relief while we work on mindset, just to get people in a space where they mentally and physically can start initiating some of these things. Very slow and meet them where they are one step at a time. There's a lot to unfold. There's a lot of different things we can do. Let's just do one thing for five minutes a day that can really start improving that. Yeah. Well, do you use any wearable devices, like things like heart rate variability or, or like Whoop or any of those things that will like track your sleep? Do you use any of the wearable devices as information? I do personally. Uh, no, it's it's something I do talk to my clients about. It. Um, I do like those. I love Whoop. I love the Aura Ring. I think that they're they're super valuable. They're very helpful for us. Most of the time now I'm doing hormone testing and, and based on history as far as symptoms associated with that. Um, I do think they're valuable um, assets and they could be really, really helpful. I would love to get to the one point where all my clients get one of those for, for working with me. That would be amazing. Maybe one day. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. It's um, it's it's such a fascinating field, and I always have so yeah. many questions, and I think they're probably mostly narcissistic at their core. But you know, it's like what we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier—the aspect of why it seems like sometimes it's so difficult to do the things that you know are good for you. You know, and I mm-hmm. think that's where the origin. And it makes sense what you're saying. If you just maybe get that rapid relief, it acts as the catalyst to kind of propel you yeah. on your journey. Yeah. And, and I think mood disorders is one of those things that nutrition can turn around fairly quickly. You know, it's one of those really quickly actionable steps. And so the fact that you have protein shakes in your office is fascinating. Do you have like rapid relief just by that? Yes, 100 wow. percent. And that is when, you know, obviously that was in psychiatry. But uh, yeah, I mean, what's cool is the amount of suicidal ideations in the moment that were relieved through protein. Uh, within minutes was remarkable and really shows that the brain, you know, it's, it's starting, it was signaling, hey, there's disease here, there's something going on and it's impacting my spirit and my mental, emotional health and, as well as my physical health. And so being aware that those are all connected and not separate. I think that that was the biggest thing I learned from more of a conventional psychiatry is that it wasn't focused on the holistic part of how this all impacts our mental health. And that's the biggest issue because it 
definitely requires all the things Mm -hmm. to um, make sure that your mental health is emotionally resilient. That's what I always like to tell my my clients is we're looking for mood resilience. That's where B vitamins and magnesium and exercise, mitochondrial function, proper omega-3s and anti-inflammation, diverse healthy gut microbiome, that is what... tools, <laughs> tools like attitude journaling and, and grounding and, and all of that stuff. That is how we create mood resilience. It's very much this huge combination of multiple things. I love that, especially in the midst of a pandemic, right? There's a lot of mood disorders and, and people making unhealthy dietary choices in the midst of, of what's going on, even with lockdowns and being isolated from others. So I, it seems like these functional medicine approaches are really the way to go. And th- this is just amazing information, Shay, and just going to help so many people. We're so grateful that you came on to talk to us. But we do have one more question. Oh, is it that time? So that time. we always do a surprise <laughs> question that has nothing to do with what we were talking about. <laughs> Uh, it's called the fireball, and it's the meant fireball. to stump you. So if you get stumped, that's okay. We'll we'll wait. Um, but my question is, um, do you have a favorite wild animal? Yes, I would go flamingo, which what? is super weird. Yeah, flamingo so for sure. My husband would totally attest to that. Like every time we go somewhere with a good zoo, I go and he's like, you have got to leave. I will stand and look at the flamingos forever. <laughs> like I'm obsessed. I've liked them since I was little. Why? I don't know why. Oh goodness. Uh, I was like, just cause they're pink and pretty or is there like, do they do things? They just kind of stand there on one leg. No, right? I know they like, <laughs> you know, they do weird stuff. Like they stand on one leg and they pee down their leg to keep themselves cool. Like, I don't know. They're weird and cool. And they turn pink because of their diet. You know, right. I'm like, that is awesome. So that yeah, flamingo. is a great answer. <laughs> That's the original answer. Well, Shay, this is a blast. Where can people find you to, to work with you or to follow you on social media? Yeah. So the easiest way is my website, um, which is shayleonard.com. You can apply now. You can look at all the services and testing and different things that I do. I hang out on social media often, mostly on Instagram, same, just at shayleonard. I have um, quite a few different things that I do on there. Awesome. I know we follow you there. Yeah, for sure. It's a good follow. So once again, thank you so much. This information has been wonderful and continue the wonderful work that you're doing as well. We really appreciate it. And we all need it, especially with everything that's going on. So uh, we just really appreciate you and thank you for coming on. Thank you guys so much. It was a blast. Take care. Okay. I just have to say that I am shocked. Uh Uh-huh. At how quickly she answered the fireball Me question. Too. I literally, Me too. I didn't make a sound because my jaw was on the floor, <laughs> and it's hard to make a sound when your jaw's on the floor. But I was, I was for sure that that was going to be a bit nope. of a stumper, and nope. it was like we had primed her yep. for months. She has your number, Michael Chapman, and the answer itself, flamingo, is fascinating to me because in my head, I think a wild animal is something that wants to kill me, oh. but really, it's just something out in the wild, and so it's a great answer. It's it's an interesting answer. I I mean, there is an appeal. I, I know that she's not alone in the appeal mm-hmm. towards flamingos. People have them in their front yard, for example. Why? I don't really understand that either. But, um, yeah, I'm just... There's so much about flamingos I don't understand. Like, I've seen them on National Geographic shows and uh-huh. Planet Earth. But she said flamingos turn pink because of what they eat. Right. What is it? It's the beta carotene that's in the food that they eat, like a lot of shrimp. Oh, algae, larvae, things got like it, that. Got it. And then the whole concept that they do stand on one leg and 
she said that they pee down the leg to keep them warm. So maybe it's to conserve body heat. Is that why they keep one leg up close to them? Uh, I don't know the answer why they they stand on on one leg. I don't they I don't think they always stand on one leg, right? They, do they sleep on one leg? Because that's impressive. I mean, I can't even do tree pose for more than like ten seconds. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not only do they sleep on one leg, they eat with their heads upside down. What? And they sleep with their heads on their backs. But then the question remains: How do you sleep standing on one leg? With your head on your back, I guess. <laughs> well, it sounds like when they sleep, they can turn off half of their brains. And so standing on one leg is such a natural reflex for them. It helps to maintain their balance and keeps them from falling over when they're sleeping. Yeah, there's actually lots of animals that turn off half their brain to sleep. I mean, what does that even mean, turning off half your brain? Like, what do we do when we sleep? We don't turn, we don't turn off half our brain. We don't turn off our whole brain. How much of our brain do we turn off when we sleep? None, right? Our brain's still working. I don't get it. What is this? How do you turn off half your brain? I just did. <laughs> Next time on The Lab Report, Dr. Kian Vu. Integrative medicine physician, best-selling author, and really inspirational speaker. Yeah, and he's got an amazing story to tell you. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. Do you have a favorite wild animal? I do. What's that? Elephant. Uh. Because it's so majestic. But then have you ever seen them like charge something? really kill them they're, they're really intelligent too know, they're just beautiful and they have like this whole complex set of emotions and history and lineage yeah. and stuff they they're they stunning. visit the graves of their their tribes like elders how do you know that I, I watch nature shows well what's your favorite wild animal oh i've got so many pick one mr nature show uh i'd probably have to say one of the big cats like the uh, tigers the cougars got it Weren't you going on about the snow leopard at some point? Snow leopard. You made me watch all these videos amazing. about a snow leopard. It's a beautiful creature. Interesting. So rare. Can mm. scale down a mountain and with just such ease. It's amazing. Hmm. Unlike Julie, has to do like the triple take to get on the bed, you know? Poor Julie. <laughs>